true. Jesus will always be there with us. And so um, we want to just take some time tonight, and we're going to uh, talk about missing the mark again. We're still on this. It's, it's a part five. Uh, I thought I would have moved on from it, but there's just so many other things that the Lord's been putting in my heart um, to get to you, to get over to you, rather. And um, I think it's really important for us to understand this main point and this main point alone. God is not mad at you. He's not disgusted with you. He's not put off by you. He wasn't surprised that you messed up. It wasn't like God went, what is wrong with him? No, they don't do that. Really, trust me, John doesn't say that. No, he knows it all. He knows the end from the beginning, and yet he still loves us. He's still good to us. He's still faithful to us. He's still amazing. Let him in. They keep, there it is. Now, now they got it. Okay. So, so I think it's really important to get the point over to you to understand what sin is. And sin is simply missing the mark that God set for your life. Simply, that's what it is. And if we look over in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, I'm going to touch this again. I want to kind of break this uh, down for you a little bit. Search me, O God. It's an invitation. It's our invitation to the Father, to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit to say, search me and know me. Try me. See what you see in me. And I'm inviting you to, to look into my life and look into my heart and then lead me. Okay? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. The word search actually means to explore, search out, discover, probe out, sound out, examine, test. To try, uh, try to find out information about an object or a person. Okay, so if we're trying to, I don't think we say, oh God, search me like you've never done it before. You really don't know what's there. Come search me. That's not what we're saying, okay? He already knows the end from the beginning. He knows things about you that you don't know about yourself. It's when we invite him to search out, discover, we're saying, Jesus, I'm opening my heart to you to help me to understand what's going on right now and to speak to my heart. Then he goes on to say, try or test the of an object by examination and observing reaction to a standard. Now, we have been made in the image and likeness of God. How many of you know that and understand that and believe that? Okay, we see it right in Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 26, uh, 26, 27. God made man in his own image. And in the, in the, it's similar, simili- uh, how, how do you say that word? Similitude? Is that how you say it? Similitude? Some of you are looking at me. Well, some of y'all better get I'm bad at English. Some of y'all are really bad at English. Okay, so in other words, just like the original copy. We've been made in that design. And so we're asking him, hey, test, try by examination. I'm inviting you to come in. Now understand this. In James 1.13, it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. God, no woman. So if you're being tested and tried because you're going through a difficult time, that is not the Father doing that. I don't care what your religious teaching is telling you, but the Bible tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So we know that if it's steal, kill, or destroy, it's the enemy. It's the devil, Right? So if we understand that and we know that, then when we're tempted to walk out of for relationship with God or we're tempted to 
say, say somebody's just so awful and mean to us and we're tempted just to give them a little taste of it back. Anybody ever been there? That's it. I got to do what Ann Forte calls a turtle. That's it. All four of us. So don't say that, oh, well, God's testing me. God's trying me. No, when we say try, test, and examine, we're opening our heart and saying, hey, with what's going on in my life, try, test, and examine me and show me. Help me understand. Help me know. Help me realize what's going on. We are essentially saying, Father, help me to see where I've strayed away from my original design. How cool is that? We're saying, test me, try me. Have I fallen away from my original design? Have I forgotten what I look like? Have I forgotten as I'm looking in the word of God, James chapter one says, and I I walk away and I forget what I look like? Have I forgotten that? Try me, test me, examine me, see if that's the case. And we have to know we are not, uh, we have to know when we are not seeing ourselves in this way. Now, it sounds real humble to say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. What? That, and there's truth to that. You were once a sinner. Now you're saved by grace. Absolutely, completely, totally. But now you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now you have all the tools and the cessful in the task of facing life head on. We should never be in despair over our situation because the God of all the universe, the Father of all living things, is for us. And we're trying to figure that out. Things that are hurtful to you, walking in all... Of, oops, I've already went on to the wrong one. My bad. Verse 24 of, uh, of, yeah, of Psalm. See if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This version says hurtful, the NASB. I think it's so appropriate and so, uh, uh, so the picture of what God's trying to show us. Other versions say wicked or evil. Now, immediately, what we get to think is wicked or evil, like there's wicked and evil in me. There's wicked. Yeah, in your flesh, there is no good thing dwelling. There's no doubt about that. But you are not your flesh. You are the spirit you on the inside that's full, other has told you to do, and be able to overcome in every situation. Okay? So then lead, guide into your way. God, lead us and guide us into this eternal way. There's things and ways that you can do things and ways that you can handle things here on earth. But there's all things in an eternal way that cannot be swept aside, that cannot be changed, that cannot be thwarted by the enemy. We just have to. We have to be smart. Have to be wise. We have to allow the Father. We can't continue to walk in our situations and our circumstances and do the same thing over and over again and go, God, I just don't understand. Just don't understand why it's... I, I'm, I'm telling myself, I've done this before. I don't get it, God. I don't, just don't get why it's not changing. And then finally one day on, on a huge thing in my life, I said, why am I struggling so much? And you know what Jesus told me? The answer. And when I knew the answer, it was like, how could you not see that? Because I couldn't see it. But once he told me the answer, it completely changed my situation. And that situation no longer had power over me anymore. That's where we want to get to. So many times, though, we run and hide for the fear of punishment. I've heard people say, well, you know, God's going to get you. Please don't say that. That's just not true. 
The Father of all living things has no desire to inflict any sort of pain on anybody, but sent Jesus so that he could gather us all to himself and help us. So that's where we need to kind of park. We need to understand that the moment that I blow it, I run to the Father. Cody Carnes wrote a really important that the minute I blow it, I run to the Father because that's where my help comes from. Now let's look at Genesis chapter 3. We remember that Adam and Eve were having a little tough time in the garden. You know, they're walking around and I'm, I'm convinced Eve's bored. She starts talking to snakes, starts talking to the animals, and she gets bored, and, and, and things just really go south. But I want to look at just a couple aspects of this. In verse 7 in chapter 3, it says, Then the eyes of both of them, after they ate the apple, were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. The word naked there actually means exposed. Sin makes us feel exposed, vulnerable, and weak. That's the nature of sin. It makes us feel exposed, vulnerable, and weak, embarrassed. We don't want people to, that's why we wear our face in church, because everything's fine. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Jesus is so good. And I'm silently suffering and dying on the inside, but I'm not going to let you know that. So you silently and saying, man, it's been a week. I could really use some strength from, from my family. But no, we just walk in, we, 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 we fake in front of each other, and then we fake in front of God. Oh, I, I know you're going to take care of this, God. And your mind's going, your mind's freaking out. Oh, I know you're going to take care of this, God. I know you're gonna, you know what? If you say that 62 times, it's not going to change how you feel on the inside. You've got to first attack the why. We got to know the whys of why we've done something. The whys of how did I fall into this? The whys of why would I ever do this? I'm so ashamed of myself. The why of all of that. Because when we understand the why, it takes all of the power of the enemy and completely obliterates it in your life. Like I told you the other day when I was struggling with something for over three years, and I'm finally like, why am I having such a hard time forgiving God? What is wrong with me? Because, you know, people say, well, you just got to forgive, and then you just got to choose to forgive again, and choose to forgive again, and choose to forgive again, and choose, you know what? And that just never has worked for me. Has it worked for you? I don't know. Maybe it's worked for you. God bless. Maybe you can share some things, but I'm not mad at them. I'm not going to be upset with them. I choose to forgive you. I choose to forgive you. Instead of something happening on the inside where, the, where God tells you what the problem is, and it takes the power away from that situation, and you're free to love them. Some of you just aren't free to love that person yet because God hasn't spoken to your heart why that person seems to have this hold on your heart. Boy, I'm really touching some hard nerves because I'm getting some looks like, I see smoke coming out of heads. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden because of course, you know, God wouldn't have been able to find him. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Trust me, this was not a, I don't know where you are question. But he's asking, man, where are you? Where's your head at? What's going on with you? Talk to me. The father just wants to talk. He just wants to draw you close and he wants to talk. 
He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was exposed, naked, so I hid myself. And again, sin brings that fear of punishment, shame and condemnation. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Isn't that interesting? God made man and woman in his image and they were little gods walking amongst earth. If you look over in Psalms, it talk, he actually compares them. In other words, they are the same substance in everything that the Father has in them. They're able to yield that to the Father to use it to touch people's lives and bless people. Okay, so basically he was asking, who told you to hide and be ashamed? And we find that the Father wasn't condemning them at this point. He wasn't condemning. He's just trying to figure out, where you at? And I think God's saying that to a lot of us in this room tonight. Where are you? You've gone off in your fantasy world and been suffering for this for the longest time. You've not even come to me. Where are you? Where are you? My question to you tonight, where are you? That thing that you've been struggling with for so long, where are you with that? Are you coming to the Father and saying, I'm struggling with this and I'm tired. Will you help me? Because only you can. Or are you hiding in shame because once I figure this out, God, and get it fixed, I'll come back. Oh, that ain't going to happen. hate to tell you, not going to happen. So we're, we're going to go over to John 8 and we're going to kind of bring this to uh, more of a close tonight. But we're going to go over to John 8 and let's see how Jesus felt about sin. See what Jesus thought. John chapter 8. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming in, and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of that court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women, but then what do you say? They were saying this to test him so they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and his finger and wrote on the ground, basically ignoring them. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, gosh, I love Jesus. Man, he puts religious people in their place so fast. I just, his wisdom just blows my mind. He's without sin among you. Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. <laughs> That just cracks me up. Again, he stooped down. Could you imagine Jesus? Well, some of you who don't have sin, you go ahead and cast the first stone. You're probably looking over at whoever this guy is, writing his sin in the sand. This guy. <laughs> but right away, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone in the woman where she was in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, and I want you to hear these words. He's speaking these to you. I go from now on, sin no more. When we come to Jesus, he isn't judging us. He isn't aggravated at us. 
He's not disgusted with us. He's waiting for us to come to him with that so that he can reaffirm you of your creation, reaffirm you of your design, your design, reaffirm you that you're not just a human being. You're a Holy Spirit-infused human being who can do supernatural things because God has given you the creative power to do those things. Now, Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Matter of fact, here's the power to go and sin no more. When we come to Jesus, he actually... He actually speaks to our heart and gives us the power to sin no more because he'll tell you, you know why you keep on doing that? Because you're insecure about blah. Oh, wow, Jesus, I didn't think I am. I'm insecure. All right, so what I would do from that is I would go, okay, well, I'm insecure. Well, I put my, my faith and my trust in you and, and I'm, I, I don't need to do this anymore because you sin. That's all sin is. We do things, we, we step out, we do things, we do them wrong, and we're trying to fulfill this need on the inside. And the need on the inside is for God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, God. He's saying, just come to me, and I'll empower you to sin no more. Matter of fact, I'll take you over to Romans and tell you that sin no longer shall have any dominion over you. And so he's looking for us to to come to him so he can empower us, so he can remind you that's not your original design and image. That's not your original design and image. Your original design and image is to be self-sufficient from the Father's love and be empowered by his love. So I don't have to do these things. I don't have to, I don't have to, you know, has anybody just eat because you're bored? Anybody ever done that before? Yeah, you're just bored and you're sitting around and you're thinking, I don't know, kind of crunching on something might be good. You know? So many times we do that. And, and some of the times we're just bored because my wife used to say this to my kids all the time. It's, I'm bored, Mom. Well, life's full of boring moments. You just got to be bored sometimes. It really is. But who told you to run? He was actually asking, who told you to run and hide and not be accountable? Accountability keeps us safe, strong, and smart. So my question is, who's your accountability, folks? You don't have you accountable to that has the right to come to you and say, hey, man, are you okay? Or, hey, man, what's going on with you? Or, hey, man, I know you're struggling. How can I help? I have those people in my life. Um... Rich Robinson uh, and uh, Richard Simmel are both in the hospital. They both had uh, heart incidences. And then Rich uh, had a heart attack last week and had four stints and was recovering and while in the hospital had a couple mini strokes. So when I got there Wednesday night, because his daughter said, could you please come? When I got up there Wednesday night, he, he was really super foggy, super foggy, and he he couldn't speak. Couldn't speak at all. And so I've known Rich for over 25 years. He's a very dear friend and, and one of my strong right arms at the chapel. I mean, he's got a hold on grace and understands grace and helps so many people. 
And so when I got in the car, I immediately called one of my accountability people because, man, I was struggling. I was struggling because I, I, you know, I, I know what I believe, but I was struggling seeing my friend like that. So I got in the car and I called Pastor Mike, call him up. As soon as he answers the phone, I got nothing. I'm just, I'm a mess. Tears are streaming down my face. But man, he walked me right through it, encouraged me, and then we prayed together for Rich. And now, Rich is texting me, he's talking, his speech is coming back. Uh, just day by day, and he said, tell my church family I'll be back and I'm getting better every day. So I encourage you in that. And Richard Stimmel has to uh, have another test done on Monday and then probably going to have to have a procedure for a heart valve. If you don't know who Richard Stimmel is, he's our mighty man of prayer who leads prayer in here on, on um, Saturday nights. And just, man, this guy... This guy prays more than anybody I know. I mean, he really does. He's on 62 prayer lines, and he just loves to pray. And, um, and so I, my heart was broken, you know, and I was, I was so sad. So I called one of my accountability people, and they lifted me back up. Who is your accountability people? Well, I don't know. Can your, now, now, don't look at each other when I say this. Can your spouse speak into your life in that way? If they can't, and this is not for you to hold over your spouse, but if, they, if you can't have your spouse speak into your life, he's way beyond, because that is the most general, basic, life partner person. If you can't trust them, I guarantee you can't trust God. See, people think, well, I can trust God. I just can't trust people. Lies, lies, lies. The Bible says if you can't love people who you do see, how can you love a God who you can't see? That principle remains the same in every kind of realm of life. So we gotta, we got to get those accountability folks on our side and, and let them know what's going on. Let them know what's happening in our lives to help keep us strong. And then here's, here's something that I think is super important for us to remember. Uh, do you even know why you feel the way you feel right now or what you're going through, do you know why? Allow him to show you the why behind what you are experiencing. Now, there's certain things that, that, I, that my wife has gone through and that I've gone through and, and we encourage each other, but it's like, we can't seem to, like I guarantee you she's been the closest person that has helped me understand myself because sometimes I don't even understand myself or don't understand other people. Why are they doing this? Or what happened? And she's, she helps me with that. God wants to help you understand yourself. Now, I know that sounds stupid, but there's a lot of you in here who don't get yourself at all. You don't understand yourself. You don't understand why you act the way that you act or why you have this crisis mechanism that something happens and you immediately go to the crisis mechanism. You just don't know why. Do you know Jesus can tell you why and get rid of that so that you can only experience fulfillment when you come to him? So I've tried to convince you in 69 different ways tonight. Hopefully one of those ways got through. God is not mad at you. He's not disgusted. He's not ticked off. He understands that you're human he understands that you make wrong choices, but yet he chose to love you and bless you and give you favor anyway. Oh, that should get like a gigantic amen. 
Because I don't know about you, but I'm just thankful that God loves me even though if I were God, I would have twisted my, popped my little head off by now. But I'm so thankful that he's not. Let's take a moment. Can you bow your heads? Father, I just thank you right now. Thank you tonight for the opportunity that we have to come to you and to really find out how we can walk in a light that will bring us power, that will bring us strength, that will bring us uh, your, your goodness and your love in every different way. And the only way we can really experience that is if we're born again. Father, if there's someone here tonight who has not given their heart and life to Jesus but wants to, wants to experience the things that we're talking about, Lord, I pray that you would be speaking to their heart right now, ministering to their heart. If there's something that you want to draw them close, closer back in fellowship that they've not been, Lord, we just pray that you would begin to speak to their heart right now. And Father, as we pray this prayer together as a church family tonight, if any of you have never prayed this prayer before, just mean it with all of your heart and God will hear and answer this prayer. Can everybody pray this prayer with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you now in the name of Jesus who paid for me and completely washed all my sin. You have forgiven me, past, present, and future, and became sin that I might become the righteousness of God. I love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that's you tonight for the very first time, would you just come up after service tonight and just let us know? Let us know you prayed that prayer for the first time and maybe we can connect you in, a, in another way. That Well, good things are happening. God's doing some great things. We got plumbers coming next week. Oh, what am I looking at? Oh, yeah. Hey, ladies, we got a, a really nice little parting gift for Mother's Day, so make sure you take some of the candles off the table. I think we've got over 100 and something tonight, so I'm sure we've got one for every single lady tonight. So if you are a lady, you haven't had a child yet, it's okay. Take one. We want you to be blessed. You're a future mom. All right, and those of you who are saying, I don't ever want to be a mom, well, then don't take it because you might get pregnant. I don't know. That was a bad joke. I'm sorry. All right. Well, God bless you guys. Have an awesome night. We love you. And listen, we have, uh, we have people up here that are going to pray for you. So if you need prayer tonight, don't silently suffer. Come and pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great night.